Hey everyone. How many times have your friends recommended a vitamin or a treatment or some natural health awesomeness that changed their life? Probably a lot. Blue Hive Health was designed to take that friendship to the next level. On this podcast, Giovanna and Stephanie will spend time debunking myths and introducing you to the latest in health and wellness treatments, all to support you and your family. Welcome to the Blue Hive Healthcast. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Blue Hive HealthCast. I'm Giovanna, one of your hosts, and I'm here today with another one of our amazing Blue Hive practitioners, Josephine Carmela Ocello. Now, Josephine is also a friend of mine, so this was a real treat to uh, not only have her on our team at Blue Hive Health, but a real treat to be able to interview her. So let me just share a little bit about Josephine with you. She is an award-winning transformational empowerment and relationship coach for both men and women and couples. She is certified in neurolinguistic programming, timeline therapy, and she also is studying and shares the principles of somatic psychology with her clientele using a mind-body-spirit-emotional approach. In 2017, she became the recipient of the Mind Body Award from Brilliant Minded Women's Organization, and she's also the founder of the Modern Love Project, which empowers the principles of conscious communication, emotional resilience, and masculine and feminine dynamics in relationship. So I know that was a mouthful, but that's a little bit about Josephine. Now, a little bit about today's show. Have you ever been in a relationship where you felt like maybe you lost yourself or you lost that sense of what made you you? Maybe you've heard the term codependent being thrown around a little bit, and you're wondering what exactly that is, or maybe you don't even know how to be in a relationship where that dynamic doesn't exist. No one gave us a manual for healthy relationships, and today Josephine and I dive into this show talking about the difference between codependence and interdependence, and a little bit about attachment theory and the different styles that really govern how we feel and how we behave in relationships. I really enjoyed this show. I have a feeling there's going to be a part two. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did. Hey, Josephine, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to be interviewing you today. Hey, Giovanna, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So we're going to dive into one of my favorite topics that, first of all, I love talking about anyway, but I love talking to you about it specifically because I consider you a real pro in this area. And that is relationships. Loaded topic. Loaded topic, right? (laughs) Do you have a couple of years? (laughs) I know, right? Like, let's have, we should probably have a part two already of this show. I already know it's going to be a juicy one, but there's so much to talk about in the sphere of relationships. And obviously we all have relationships, right? Whether it's with our siblings, whether it's with our parents, whether it's romantic. I know you specialize more so in the romantic uh, attachments and relationships. And I am such a strong believer in being educated in this because nobody gave us a manual. Exactly. Right? Like we just had most of the time unhealthy behavior modeled from our parents. Yes. And I'm sure you do a lot of work with people to reverse that. Absolutely. (laughs) We're literally out there just kind of winging it. We are. And even if we had good modeling when we were growing up, you know, modern life is very different today. 100%. You know, there are, of course principles that are uh, basic, you know, part of the recipe, but how to apply that to modern life. It's a whole other topic too. So yeah. And especially in these times now with COVID, because um, we've all been put in a pressure cooker really. And there's been um, 
really no chance to adapt. Like we've all been thrown in one house together, big or small, right? dealing with our own stuff, no right. space, like, you know, and that's been interesting. What have you found, I'm curious, has changed in your personal practice working with uh, individuals and couples during this time of COVID that maybe, I don't know, accelerated or you weren't seeing it before this happened? Like, is there anything? Um, basically, you know, my phone started going off the hook as soon as we were deep into the lockdown. Because, oh, I can imagine. You know, relationships don't have deadlines, right? Like if you think about it, your mortgage has a deadline, your rent has a deadline, taking the kids to you know school or whatever their activities are, we, we run by deadlines. But relationships don't have deadlines. So it's really easy to put everything that's relationship oriented onto the back burner. Mm -hmm. And we do this for years and years and years. And, you know, basically then when we got, you know, thrown into like one household 24 seven with each other, it's going to bring out the cracks. It's gonna bring out the areas that we've been, you know, avoiding because we didn't have to deal with them. And if you're in a relationship where things are going well, it's gonna accentuate that. But if you're in a relationship where you've been not dealing with, you know, throwing things under the carpet, let's say, right. now it's gonna just come out full full speed ahead. And that's what's been happening. So it's a lot of, um, we don't have tools. We didn't have tools on how to deal with these issues. So now we're forced together, but we don't know how to resolve things. And anything that was sort of under the carpet or put away and tucked away, which we were able to like, use the busyness of life to avoid right, dealing with. Exactly. Now it's like, it's right there, right in front of you. And, you know, a lot of people are calling it quits. Yeah. I heard that actually, I heard the statistics on the divorce rate going up and just the number of even domestic abuse situations oh, it's happen. just yeah. horrendous. It's horrendous. So given that we don't have a manual and given that, you know, most of us aren't really taught these tools unless we go see a relationship coach. So I know with myself growing up in a very dysfunctional home, I think I bought my first relationship book at like the age of 19. It was uh, Harville Hendricks. Yes. And it was Getting the Love You Want. Yes. And it was a revelation for me because I was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't grow up in that household. I grew up in right. a household where you just yell and scream and that's how you express, right? The the big, loud Sicilian household. And, and I didn't know. I had no modeling of what a healthy relationship looks like. So so let's go back to the the idea and the principle of modeling, because I, and I see this in my own practice with my own clients on relationships. And one of the first activities I give them is to go out and find relationships that you aspire to be, right? Relationships that appear healthy to you. So you can have a new model for relationships. But what are the tools? Like what are, what are some basic tools that we can think of when we're taking that first step of finding a new model, which I, I think is the first step. What's, what's your take on that? We will model what we were taught. And so when we go out into the world, that modeling may not work because we're not getting what we need. So we need to re revamp that for ourselves, right? We need basically need to understand that whatever programming we had when we were little may or may not be serving us to where we're going now. And we develop our attachment styles when we're really young. It's basically how we were shown love. And depending on whether you received it in the right way or you didn't receive it in the right way, you might develop uh, a certain kind of attachment style. You might either want to, like, very, very simply uh, put, you might want to chase 
love or you might want to avoid or might convince yourself that you don't need love. Right. And push it away. And push it away. So yeah. you're, you're I do want to talk about the attachment styles. Okay. For sure. Well, let's pause that for a second because I just want to stay with the modeling one more second because I think what's really important about that is, and you just said it, just to like break it down for people too, is that if you have no idea what the good, healthy thing is supposed to look like, then you are by default. It's just what we do. It's not because we're wrong or something's wrong with us, but by default, you're just going to model the example that was set for you, right? Like think about if, you know, your dad was a doctor and your mom was a doctor and then your sister was a doctor. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to become a doctor, but if you see those examples, um, that's sort of what your compass becomes. So it's really important. Yeah. Just to stick to that point is that we don't, we do this very unconsciously. Exactly. And I think that's important because a lot of people, especially I see this with a lot of my clients, I'm sure you see with yours too. They almost like they blame themselves. Like, and I did this too. Like, why can't I get this relationship thing? Right. 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 Like I have my career, right. I did this, right. I did that. You know, I have all these degrees or I did this. I'm accomplished here. I have all these friends. Like one of my clients right now, she goes, I have the most amazing friendships. And I can't get my relationships right. So there's a little bit of like shame and blame there. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Sure. So let's talk about the attachment styles. And then I really want to talk about this, this, these principles of codependence and interdependence, which I think is really juicy. Mm -hmm. So can you explain to us a little bit, um, what the attachment styles are in your, in your words and and sort of how they develop. Yeah. And then we'll put it into simple terms. So it's uh, easy to understand because of course the science is pretty complex. It started off by, um, you know, they were, they were trying to figure out parent and child bonding. And that's when, you know, they did the research back then a long time ago about, how parents, you know, bond with their kids and, and they, and then later on, they just adapted these, these principles to adult attachment theory, right? So the first style is anxious. So if you have that anxious style, meaning that when, you know, somebody is not giving you love or not giving you attention, it causes an internal, um, discord within yourself. You get like neurologically, um, activated, activated yeah. and you will go out and seek it. So it's like, you know, why hasn't he called? What, you know, what's going on? And you start creating these why didn't stories. Why did my text message? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it becomes this like, you know, you, you get not obsessed, but you kind of have these like, you know, repetitive thoughts and you want to find out you can't focus on anything else. You want to like, um, get your, your need met. You want to find, you want to basically, you know, you call the person and they're like, Oh, I'm just busy doing this. And then you calm down. So that means that you get the explanation. Exactly. Yeah. So you're dependent on that answer in order to make yourself feel back to regulate, right? Back to, to feel re-regulated. Right. So, um, so you kind of live in a state of constant, either low level or high level, depending on the situation, anxiety throughout this relationship. There's like a, there's a sense that that could get triggered this attachment style. Yeah. And our attachment styles show up mostly during conflict. So Mm. it's like, if you're, you know, things are okay, you, you, you tend to feel more secure, but it's during conflict that your attachment, you will revert to your attachment style that you developed when you were a child. So what's the biggest fear of somebody who is anxiously attached? that they're going to be abandoned, that they're not loved enough, that there's something wrong with them, that, um, you know, they're not good enough. Okay. Yeah. I, that doesn't resonate with me at all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was my primary. That was my primary one. I remember. Mine too. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. Okay, cool. This is awesome. And I love this topic too. Yeah. So, and then what's the next one is avoidance. So the, it's avoidance. Okay. So that person, you know, developed that, um, like as a child, if they didn't receive attention or love in the way that, you know, we're meant to, we, we need, we need that to survive, especially when we're infants. Right. Um, and they kept trying and their parents kept, you know, let's say ignoring them or not giving them love in the way that they needed. Um, they developed a coping strategy and that coping strategy was just to, um, turn away and Mm, not shut them out, shut them out. And over time, as you become an adult, it becomes this idea that you don't need, you know, you don't need love, you don't need connection, and you are favoring independence. And so you want to, um, you know, you rely on yourself. And so when you think about it, it's a kind of a paradox, because we're also designed to love and be loved. So we want to be connected. That's why during COVID, we're all like kind of going a little bit loopy, because Uh we're not able to we're social beings, and we're not able to be connected. But an avoidant personality type is, um, is, you know, basically just convince themselves unconsciously that they don't really need to be in connection with another right. person. So they tend to push love away. And if somebody feels like they're getting too clingy or feels like they're, they're, they're just, their antenna goes up and they're like, no, 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 no. It's, yeah. it's threatening to them. So exactly. the way I describe it is that both styles and there is a third, but they're both styles, um, are desiring and wanting love but they find it threatening in different ways. Like the anxious is is threatened because they might be abandoned and they might lose it. And the avoidant is afraid of engulfment, right? They're afraid of being taken over by that. Yeah. It's too much. And, and, and it's these battling wills within them. Um, and we're simplifying here that there's three, because we know that there could be, you know, you could be a little bit of both and, yeah, that. that's that's like that's that's an ambivalent where yeah. you've got a little bit of both. Um, but you know, all the the fourth there's actually a fourth, but it's it's the uh, secure, and yeah, that's the that's- healthy version. So it's not really considered, I guess, a technical style, but um, no, it is actually because people do show up that way. You know, they're, they're mature in yeah. love; they can give love and receive love and, you know, give independence to the person. And that's that, you know, that beautiful balance between, um, that's that interdependency that we were talking about before. Yeah. And it's beautiful for me. Like it changed my life to learn about the attachment styles because it made it, um, completely okay that I was feeling the way that I was feeling in relationships. I was able to understand my MO and understand that this is part of developmental psychology. Like this happened way before, you know, I was even conscious that this was happening. And it also helped me understand the people I was dating at the time and understand what to look for and, you know, to avoid the people because we know that avoidant life, um, styles will attract anxious ones, like a moth to a flame. And, but when you're working with your style, it's so important to know that because as you work with your style, and I think as you heal, um, with your style, then you, you basically are able to spot when there is someone toxic in your life that is triggering that stuff for you. And that isn't willing to work with that. Um, and for me, that was a revelation. I think, you know, just understanding my style and how to work with it. 
and it's uh, it's very empowering information. Um, not only understanding your own style, but understanding, you know, and being able to spot styles and your people that you're attracted to, because you can save yourself years and years of lots of trouble if you're, for example, if you're, you know, an anxious, um, predominantly an anxious style, and you keep attracting, you know, people who are avoidant. And they're not willing to do the work because all of us can, I mean, we're supposed to be learning to become more secure. Right. We're evolving. And into so that. it's not yeah. that, you know, any one of these styles are like good or bad or, you know, life sentences or not. Like if we are conscious and awake and we want to do the work and do that healing that you were talking about, then absolutely, you know, you can go from being more anxious to becoming more secure and you can go from being more avoidant and becoming more secure. And that's the, that's the goal that that's just the evolutionary journey of relationship. But if you keep attracting, you know, partners that are not willing to do that journey and, you know, you need to be loved in a certain way. Otherwise your whole nervous system goes erratic because you're not getting that validation from your partner. Um, and you learn to spot that, then think about it. You just save yourself a lot of years of, you know, trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And you learn ultimately, you know, I think what's valuable about learning your style and learning, you know, this information is that you become self-responsible, right? You become, you are in a much more empowered position when you can understand yourself and your motives and why you react to things a certain way. And like you said, ultimately, transform who you're attracting, why you're attracted to the people you are. Mm -hmm. Um, but also understand your partner better, right? So like if my partner tends to be on the avoidance side, when we are having an argument or something's happening and he may react a certain way or she, whoever it might be, you can also, you can say, okay, oh, that's interesting. That's their attachment style kind of kicking in. I'm not going to take it personally. Right. They need more space. Or like, let's say I'm the avoidant one and my partner starts getting really, you know, anxious and freaking out about something as opposed to me going to my default, oh my God, they're being so clingy and so needy. I can actually understand their style and say, oh, okay, they actually need, they need a hug. They need some reassurance. And ultimately I think that's the goal. You're not going to ever, you know, find the most complete, perfect attachment style for you, but you are going to hopefully learn about yourself and be with someone who's willing to also be responsible in that same way. Absolutely. And, and you actually touched upon something that I believe, uh, very strongly that, you know, we are meant to personally evolve, uh, through relationship and Uh that it's actually, you know, the people that we do attract are, are there for our own healing as well. So we are given opportunities, um, with these. And of course, if you're talking about abuse, that's a whole other topic. And I'd say like, get your roller skates on and run away. But, you know, within, you know, proper, uh, limits, it's the person, you know, that is there in front of you is going to trigger certain things within you. And that's, that's a sign that that's where you need to do some healing work, Uh you know, because ultimately these attachment styles that we, you know, developed were, were because of how we were, you know, treated when we were babies or just young infants or young kids. So, you know, there's, um, we're anchored there emotionally. So it's important to go back and just do that cleanup work. And that's the process of going from anxious to secure or avoidant to secure. It's going, taking that radical self-responsibility and doing that work within yourself first. That's why I say, you know, healthy relationships with others start with healthy relationships with yourself. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, so let's actually go into this topic now. I think this is like a good place to segue into this idea of like codependence versus interdependence. And I think interdependence, we were saying before we hit record how because we work with people in relationships, we kind of take it for granted that people understand what that means. But actually, it's not commonly known. We hear about codependence a lot. We know codependence, you know, kind of really came on board with the whole addiction movement and... Mm -hmm. You know, Mel- Melody Beattie, I think, wrote the codependent no more, and and so we understand a little bit of codependence. But I think it was a new concept back in the day for me to understand. Oh, there's another option here to move into inter- interdependence, and it's almost like it's it's a growing up, it's a maturing. Exactly. So walk us through just some key sort of definitions and differences around that, because it does relate to the styles, like the attachment styles. Yes. Because the point is that, you know, whatever style you label yourself as, you know, it's about um, doing the deep work to go into a more secure space for yourself and for your partner. Right. That's the, that's the the path of relationship. So um, yeah, basically it's like, you know, when, when we're babies, we, we are dependent. We are completely dependent. We have to be dependent on our caregivers. Right. Um, And then, you know, we move into the codependent stage when we start to grow up and, you know, we start walking or we start, uh, you know, doing things on our own or dressing ourselves. And then of course there's the lovely teenage years where, oh, yes. you know, that's where we're really testing our, you know, our negotiating uh, for our independence. Um, and then we're, that's a phase. We're supposed to be going from there into the interdependent dynamic, which is really what, you know, these, uh, healthy relationships look like it's like the Holy grail for relating. And, um, that's where you feel safe and secure. You know, the power couples that you see out there, right. They have moved from the codependent stage into the interdependent stage. So, you know, unfortunately what happens is that, you know, law, a big, a big majority of us get stuck in the middle phase. Right. And, um, we, we, we negotiate for more independence, but, we're also designed for connection, right? So we're designed, like our, we're wired for love. So we're wired to be together well, or be social with each other. So it's a bit of a paradox, right? Because uh-huh. connection for us means survival. So our, in our brain, it means survival. And connection is fundamental to our health. Um, but we've developed these, you know, attachment styles based on whether we received enough love or not enough love. And, you know, so whatever we didn't get as children, we're going to look for that as we grow older, as we go into adult relationships, right? So we literally attract what we needed to have in, in, um, in childhood so that we could do that healing work, right? And we don't know this. We don't really know. No one taught, like you said at the beginning, nobody taught us how to do relationships. Like, there's no manual out there, right? And we're not even conscious even exactly. of a lot of this stuff, right? Like exactly, yeah. right? So we get stuck. We get stuck in this like paradox between needing connection and wanting to you know, be independent. And we, we get stuck in relationship. This is what I see happen a lot and, you know, with couples I work with or even individuals, right? And so because this need to connect is so primal in us, we often trade that in, we trade in our, sorry, we trade in our authentic self for that connection. And so we're, we end up in relationships where we stop being ourselves. Mm-hmm. We stop being true to ourselves. We lose ourselves with the other person. We lose ourselves in that. And that's that enmeshment that, you know, just doesn't 
help anybody. But and that's what we would label codependence, right? Yeah, it's a bit. There's that that codependent dynamic there. Um, absolutely. So in codependence, just to break it down even further for people, if I understand correctly from what you said, where there there is what seemingly looks like an interdependence because you depend on each other, but where can like how can someone listening differentiate in their relationship if there's they're in codependence or they're in interdependence? Like where do they kind of skate the line? of understanding because codependence it's it's got it's a big topic it's gotten a really bad rap of being this horrendous thing that you never want to be but like you just said to a degree we're meant for connection healthy healthy depend like healthy interdependence means that you have this uh dynamic where you are both dependent and connected to your partner. Right. I mean your partner independent and dependent. Like exactly. on your partner. Like you're, yeah. Exactly. You're, you know, you are literally giving this person, you know, your heart. And you're saying, like, here, take care of this really, you know, important part for me for me. And you need to have trust in order to do that, right? Um, so when you're not in that kind of dynamic, what are the signs? Like you lose who you are. Like, are you being authentic to, to, can you be yourself with that person? Are you revolving your whole world around them and their needs and what they want and neglecting your needs? And neglecting your needs. That's a massive like red flag where you know that you're in some kind of codependent dynamic. Like when you can't self-express and have yourself be heard or seen or validated, then that's a big sign. Yeah. And I want to point out too, for people listening, like this can be changed and healed without dumping your current relationship, Absolutely. right? Like, I think we need to say that because some people listening might be going, oh my God, I need to like divorce my husband or I need to break up with my girlfriend. But it's, it's actually, no, I, right. the relationship is the incubator to like learn this stuff exactly. and to like change this stuff. So ideally you want to learn and grow within that relationship if it's healthy enough to sustain and if both people are willing. So, because I, I go in and out of this, like I know with my relationship, like I've had periods where I feel like super codependent and then I come out and I, you know, I find my independence again. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's just a natural flow. So I, re- I want to point that out for people where there's, there's no gold star standard ideal and you're going to be perfect every single time. And if you're in a relationship where you're being codependent, that you should like run screaming, like not necessarily, right. This right. is where obviously relationship coaching comes in and to some degree therapy, right. Obviously. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, a third person having that observer lens can help you determine, is this, you know, within the healthy realm or is it gone beyond? And now we have to do something, you know, to reclaim your your true self because you need to be um, authentically expressed in a relationship, right? right? In your life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the interdependence to me is so beautiful because I used to think there was like, you know, you're either completely dependent, you're completely independent, right? So it's like, I don't need you, right? Like my my motto in my 20s was like, I don't need a man, right? So either you're (laughs) totally dependent, you're independent, you know, or you're codependent. So you're both like in this dynamic. And uh, to me, it was a revelation to learn there was actually, you know, a fourth healthy version of like, wait, I can, like you said, be authentically expressed, you know, meet my needs, uh, ask for my needs to be met and still be in a loving relationship where I'm giving 
you know, my all and they're giving their all. Like there's, Absolutely. yeah. You're, you're individual. Like you're, you're, you're each individuals, you each have your own, um, you know, desires and goals and your, your own path and you're sharing that with each other. Yeah. You're sharing that with each other. You're not enmeshed like that. You know, one is, you keep, one person is being expressed and the other is not. You both are experiencing that beautiful self-expression right? yeah. together. And I, I can superimpose that on like that secure attachment, right? Like exactly. it's right part and parcel with yes. being securely attached. Exactly. So what do we do when we hit the rocks though, when we hit the bumps? Because let's say we've done the work, right? You've, you work with a lot of couples and individuals And I'm sure some of them have, you know, they've done the work, they're doing well, and then they hit the hurdle or they, or they hit the COVID, right? Like the COVID (laughs) thing happens, right? I'm sure you had some of your maybe older clients or even current clients calling you with hurdles. Like, do you find, I, I mean, I have found this with myself personally and with my own clients, but do you find like we regress back and then if we do, like, how do we catch ourselves? How do we, you know, what's, what's something that we can... Right. Maybe it's, do. it's an interesting question because, of course, you know, all couples are unique right. and, uh, you know, every situation is different. Um, what I have found is that uh, couples go through different, you know, um, you, you, they go through different, it's like new level, new devil, um, you know, mm, you can ride like the that. wave <laughs> for a while and things are good. And then like you have a baby or you, you know, buy a house or you transition into another, you, you know, you have stepkids or something happens where then you're at a new kind of level and now you're renegotiating everything and, or not everything, but you know, some of those aspects or you go bankrupt or something, you have a health issue. These are things that happen in life. And, you know, at each point it's, it's, I always say that, you know, it's managing the transitions in your relationship, you know, going from being single to being in a couple, being, you know, uh, in a couple to being married, being married and then having a child or all these different, you know, areas of growth. Being free, being free to being locked in your house. Being free COVID, to right? being locked in your house. Right. Exactly. Right. So those are they're massive changes. And we need to kind of like not go back to the drawing board completely, because if you have a healthy relationship, you have a solid foundation. Right. And the work is never really completely done. We're, we're, we're always, um, you know, working to evolve. That's why we're here, right? We're always in a growth path, right? Mm-hmm. And you just hope that you're with a, a partner that wants to grow with you, right? Because yeah. then there's nothing you can't accomplish together. Would you say that most couples run into the difficult things with the tr- the big transitions? Yes. Right? Like yes. that's when the big kind of you know, what hits the fan kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, because we're, we're triggered, um, we're triggered on in different ways. We're triggered like with our emotional needs not being met. And those often came from, you know, our child, our childhood. Um, but we're also triggered by big life events and how to maneuver and how to manage those, those, those events. Yeah. What would you, just as we wrap things up here, what would your advice be to people listening? Um, you know, something to pay attention to and not because you mentioned at the beginning of the show where a lot of us have, you know, swept things under the rug. We haven't paid attention to certain things. Right. And so then we got thrown into this COVID incubator and a lot of our stuff came up. What's, what's a way that we can kind of, you know, keep daily stock or inventory or like, what can we do to make sure 
we're not piling the closet yeah. <laughs> full, of, full of stuff, right? To come out at a later date. I would say, you know, take your relationship off of the back burner if that's where you put it. Because, you know, people who grow together stay together. And so, you know, making your relationship a priority just as much as the other areas of your life are a priority. Um, you know, because at the end of our lives, when we are ready to pass on, what are we, you know, thinking about, you know, the relationships that we had yeah. and how much time we spent with the people that we love and how, how much quality those, those, you know, what did that look like? Like, was it, you know, time well spent and did we really bond with each other? Um, so yeah, the more you keep your relationship issues on the back burner or just keep your relationship altogether on the back burner, then you're kind of like setting yourself up for some kind of trouble at some point in the future. Yeah, that's so well said because it's so easy to put it on the back exactly. burner with a busy life. And one of the things I learned in uh, one of the courses I took with um, the Gottman Institute yes. was doing this sort of evening, uh, you know, for some people it's weekly, but an evening sort of you know, um, going over the day, like, mm -hmm. you know, did you feel heard today? Is there someplace that you didn't feel heard or, you know, how was your day? Even how was your day today? Like checking Absolutely. in and not taking the other person for, for granted. granted. Yeah. And that was like a, a big takeaway of just doing that inventory and, and, and little things like, you know, appreciation, like saying, thank you. You know, we do, we do that out there to everyone else. But within our our own, you know, personal relationships, we take it for granted that we, you know, yeah, don't have to say thank you. But that 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 makes your partner feel seen and, and appreciated and that, you know, builds that it's just this builds a nice energy, a nice quality, and you're giving to each other. And when you have two people that are giving to each other, you're basically creating harmony. Right? Yeah, that's beautifully said. I love that appreciation. Say thank you, even if it's the little things. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for being here. It's so much fun, Joanna. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I could talk to you probably for another, like we said at the beginning, of three hours because exactly. there's so there's many so topics many. I want to talk to you about. But maybe we'll do a part two. But I appreciate you being here. And uh, yeah, I love that you're part of the hive and that you're one of our amazing uh, practitioners. Yeah, we're, I'm so excited to be part of that. Awesome. Thanks for being here again. Thanks for tuning in to the Blue Hive HealthCast. For more information on our programs or on what you've learned here today, contact us by visiting bluehivehealth.com.